they're learning that things have to be done and the hard things have to be done and you got to go out in the 90 degree heat and mow the lawn and you <laughs> and one day you wake up and uh, things are not hard for you because you've been there you've done it you a lot of people have it too easy this is the happen to your career podcast with scott anthony barlow We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Have you ever noticed how everything people want in life comes from doing difficult things that very few people are actually willing to do? Now, this is often because you can't tangibly see an impact right away, which is part of what makes it difficult. I always tell parents, make sure your kids are getting increasing responsibility. Make sure at every age they have responsibilities they have to fulfill. And next year, give them more responsibility, more and more and more and more. You're doing them a big favor because they're learning that things have to be done and the hard things have to be done. That's Lee Cockerell. From growing up on a small Oklahoma farm to leading the Walt Disney Paris expansion and being the executive vice president of operations for the Walt Disney World Resorts, Lee has navigated through one challenging situation after another, after another, after another. At Disney, he oversaw 20 resort hotels, four theme parks, two water parks, and a whole bunch more. He ended up creating the Disney Great Leader Strategies, which has now trained something like 7,000 plus leaders at Disney World. Now, he does much more in relation to speaking and writing on leadership. That's how he spends his time now. But Lee suggests that giving visibility to the toughest problems in all the areas of your life and dealing with those problems daily until they're resolved is a far more successful way to approach challenges in life or work. Now, listen later on in the episode where Lee shares more about how to do this. However, since he's a proud grandpa, I actually began our conversation by asking if he ever spent any time talking with his grandkids about what their careers could be or would be. What I do, and and maybe other people could think about doing this, I take them on a business trip with me alone, one at a time for two or three days. So I went to speak to the Navy SEALs, and I took my grandson to Coronado out in California. He thinks I'm the best grandfather ever lived because the SEALs let him do the obstacle course on the beach with the nets and ropes. And and, uh, he spent three days with me, and we got to know each other. We talked a lot about things that he thought he wanted to do and what he saw. He might end up being a SEAL. He's got the he's the crazy one in the family. He's got a lot of courage. And uh, then, uh, yeah, I took my grandson, and uh, we talked a lot about what he was thinking about doing. He's studying biomedical engineering at University of Miami and ended up getting him to spend a couple of days at Walter Reed Hospital with the head of orthopedic surgery and Got that, and then I took my granddaughter this summer. We went to Fort Irwin out in the middle of the desert in California to speak to the troops, and she and I were gone for two days. And just you know, when you ride in a car for six, seven hours, you really get to know them. And yeah. we talked about it. She's decided she may want to be an industrial engineer, and we started talking about that and what they do and uh, how organized and disciplined you have to be to be in that profession. And of course, Disney has probably the best uh, industrial engineering department in the world, and I really. Was able- able to give her a lot of feedback you know i mean we study everything at disney because of the lines you know yeah. everything got to move quick it's got to be efficient it's got to be a f- work and uh, so we have a great 
industrial engineering department. Yeah. So at Disney, seconds count. You know, if you do 8,000 lunches in one restaurant, seconds count. And they help us get the procedures correct and how to do it quicker and how to move them and how to when you need to open another line and when you need to close one and many things that I think Disney's probably got every job exists in the world. It's such it's like a city out there. But yeah, it's great traveling with the kids and they I learn a lot from them too because they can help me with my technical needs. <laughs> <laughs> it's mutually beneficial then. So yeah. you know, some of those business trips, I love that first of all, but I'm starting to understand how this uh, grandfather of the year award came about. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's very interesting, their perspective on yeah. things. Uh, they see things totally different, and they remember everything. You think they forgot something when they were three or four that you did for them or uh, time we're together, and they don't forget it. It's unbelievable. Uh, so you ha- uh, that's kind of one of the good lessons I teach. Don't underestimate the impact you're having on people when they you don't even realize they're watching you. And Are you being a good role model? Because, listen everybody's watching and judging you all the time and especially children they are very aware of what's going on so i see that in my own kids and i i think i've underestimated that as well i i have little kids so i've got a seven-year-old little girl you know a six-year-old little boy or we'll be six in a you know few days here but then you know a four-year-old little boy so they're all you know they're all pretty young but i mean they remember and vividly recall different situations around you know, even when they were three or whatever it is. And, and it's like, wow, I can't believe that you remembered that. And two, they talk about it like it's been such an impact. So I totally understand what you're talking about just from a different lens. Um, you better be, you better behave yourself. I know. In I front know. of them. <laughs> no joke. So uh, I, I'm curious about a couple of different things here. You know, as I kind of went through and learned a little bit about the couple of books that, uh, that you wrote here and, you know, what you're all about one of the things that kept popping up is you seem to have this worry about how disorganized people are both in their careers and at home and just in general. And I'm curious, first of all, what do you mean when you say that? Cause you've said something similar numerous times, whether it be on the podcast or, you know, in your books and, and so on and so forth. So, you know, what, what do you mean? What's your worry about the disorganization part? And what do you mean by that? First of all, well, the biggest worry I have is I think people, uh, don't do the right things at the right time and start early enough in their lives to get the right things going that'll pay off later in their life. And then they underestimate that they could have had a really great life and they didn't uh, pursue it because they didn't know how. And I think at the end of the day, you know, uh, time goes by pretty fast. And next thing you know, uh, you should have, you know, I always things like if you don't save your money when you're young, you're not going to have a good retirement. If you don't uh, exercise, at least when you're 30, <laughs> start, uh, you're going to end up with in a wheelchair when you break your hip or have osteoporosis or uh, worse. I mean, heart, bypass surgery or and I just think people a lot of people just don't realize that there's not just your job and your family. There's other things. There's 10 or 12 things that I always think about. I even put them on the back. I put them on a clock, one for each time, 12 o'clock, you know, your faith, one o'clock, your job, two, three, your savings, your children. Your, and are you spending time on those subjects in a balanced way? And are you thinking about time every day, what you should be doing? What, where do you spend your time? It's one of the most important things you can think about. Where do you spend your time? Where don't you spend it? Where should you spend it? Why aren't you spending it in the most important places? 
and you look around and one of the problems is people to keep wanting to do the easy things. And when you do easy things, life gets harder. If you don't have those tough conversations with your employees at work, uh, they're going to their performance is not going to get better. If you eat too much, you're going to get overweight and you're going to be in bad health. If you don't save your money, you're not going to have a retirement. If, you know, it's if you do hard things, life gets easier. If you do easy things all the time, life gets harder. So you got to make start getting out this concept in your brain that what are you doing hard this week that's going to pay off down the road? Are you having those discussions with your children? Are you, you know, are you spending the right amount of time with your kids, having dinner with them at night? Uh, uh, you, you know, just the things that just slip by. And, um, you know, I said, you know, I've been married 46 years. How'd that happen? And I got a 45 year old son. Where'd he come from? I mean, this is how time flies by and people all of a sudden you've been working 10 years and you're not doing the right things and you get bad habits and that's how people get unhealthy. That's how they end up not getting their put the power of interest and uh, savings working for them. So it works out over 40 or 50 years that they have a nice retirement and they can enjoy their life. And so there's a lot of concepts in this book, time management magic, how to get more done every day, because a lot of things, the reason we don't do things in life is because we just haven't thought about it. And a lot of people have no way Nobody's learned a system in high school or college about how to approach your day, how to work on the priorities in your life, and how to get things done. And it's like any other lesson. You can learn how to do this. You're, it's not a lost cause when you're born. And um, that's why I hope this book uh, really catches some people's attention and gets them doing the right thing so they have a better life than they are going to have the way they're working now. So I really want to talk to you about some of those um, principles and, and lessons. But before we get into that, I really want to ask you, you know, you, you talked a lot, you know, just a, just a moment ago about how doing the easy things, you know, often won't lead to necessarily where you want to go. And, and I'm curious, first of all, you know, if we go back a couple of years, where, where has that happened for you? Or where did you, you know, where did you First, learn that lesson the hard way. Well, I think sometimes, you know, parents have the biggest impact on that ability for people to do hard things in your life. You know, I grew up uh, on a little farm in Oklahoma. Yeah. We always had jobs. We worked. If you, if you have a farm, you work. It doesn't matter how old you are. You have something you have to do. Milk the cow. You have to clean the barn. You have to do something. And then my brother and I always had jobs. Uh, you know, when I was in high school, I worked in a lumber yard unloading boxcars, uh, cement, and sheetrock. And I drove a delivery car. We had jobs. I went, my first two years I was in college, I worked in the kitchen. Um, and it was just the way it was. And I think when you learn early, it's not like punishment, but it's just the way it is. It becomes who you are. And I always tell parents, make sure your kids are getting increasing responsibility. Make sure at every age they have responsibilities they have to fulfill, whether it's just taking the trash out or feeding the dog or taking the dog for a walk or babysitting or something. And next year, give them more responsibility and more and more and more and more. You're doing them a big favor because they're learning that things have to be done and the hard things have to be done. And you got to go out in the 90 degree heat and mow the lawn. And you, <laughs> and one day you wake up and uh, things are not hard for you because you've been there. You've done it. You, and a lot of people have it too easy. And, um, and so I think a lot of it starts early on of just getting better habits. And I think that's, that's one of the ways people need to think about it. So, uh, so you got some of this stuff early on then, 
Um, uh, has it always been, uh, and this is going to sound like a funny question, but you know, has it always been easy for you to do some of the harder things in comparison to most people? Or uh, did you have some of those times where you stumbled and, and fell? And I'm curious what one of those times would be. Yeah, yeah, no, I did. I was not good at a lot of things. I was very insecure. I was kind of this introverted young little kid. And as I grew up, uh, I, I didn't like confrontation. And I remember I had a chef who worked for me at one of the Marriott hotels. I had brought him with me and um, he wasn't performing. Yeah. And I, I didn't have the guts to deal with it. And my boss called me in one day and he said, Lee, either you deal with the chef or I'm going to deal with you. <laughs> and uh, that was a eye opener. And I st- kind of started after that. And, and uh, then I went to the time management class in 1980. I was in my early 30s then. And that's where I learned about, really learned this concept of write down every day in your day planner. Make sure you got hard things in there. The biggest personal problem you have in your life ought to be in there. And your biggest business problem ought to be in there. And make mm-hmm. sure you work on it every day till it goes away. And I started putting hard things, have that hard discussion. You know, you know, I got a guy working for me. He's not performing. I'd write on Wednesday, deal with Joe, fix Joe today. Fix and I'd Joe. call him in and have that tough conversation. And you know what? After it's over, he feels better. And I do too, because we're on the same page and he already knew he was in trouble. And now we've talked about it and our goal is to get him turned around. But if I don't have that hard discussion, I'm going to end up firing him. And it's not even going to be, it's going to be 50% my fault because I didn't deal with it. You know, it's like your kids. If you don't deal with kids when they do inappropriate things, they grow up and have all kinds of problems. You're going to have to take a big part of the blame. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, I've I've had a lot of things that were hard for me. You know, I mean, I've been exercising a lot, but I there's been periods when I was working and I gave it up and gained ten or fifteen, twenty pounds, and I I get back to it. Because when you when I take it easy, the couch you don't lose a lot of weight on the couch. <laughs> Funny and how that works, right? No, you don't. The couch can win too. So I schedule my workouts. You know, I walk about fifty miles a week now. It's better on my knees, and I have a trainer where I work out with weight weight training twice a week so to build bone density, so I don't fall and break my hip and end up in a wheelchair or a walker for the next twenty years. And that's when you got to start to think about, are you doing things now that'll pay off later? Exercise now pays off later. Uh, you know, uh, save your money. It pays off later. Uh, don't eat so much. Push back from the table. You won't get overweight, which creates 10 problems with diabetes and all kinds of problems. And and start to uh, think about the hard things you're not doing and what impact they're having on your life. And uh, this is a concept that can help people dramatically. So I, I love the... Uh, you know, now getting into, into tactics a little bit, I love what you said about, Hey, I just take that hard problem or I take what the you know most difficult problem is for me at the time, or, you know, the biggest problem or whatever you want to look at it as. And then I'm literally writing it down in my day planner <laughs> so that I'm forced to, I think it does two things for you as I'm thinking about it. One, it forces you to define what the problem is and what you need to do about it. It seems like, and then two, um, it really seems like it, uh, once you write it down or commit to it in some way, then you've got a much higher likelihood of actually following through on it. So I, I love that as a, as yeah. a technique or tactic. Well, it's staring you in the face when you look down at it in your planner. Yeah. And by the way, if you don't know what your biggest problem is, ask your wife. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, that's so true. Uh, Alyssa is, uh, is my wife and, and she, <laughs> she helps me understand my biggest problems on a regular basis in, in a well, good I, way, but <laughs> yeah, I tell people at work, you know, you don't think if you don't know what you should be working on, ask your boss, he'll tell you, <laughs> you know, if you got, if you're confused about what's the most important thing to be working on, ask your boss, what would you like me to be working on now and get finished in the next month? And that's what you ought to get work on. Don't sit around trying to cover up and act. You know, so a lot of us are just insecure about admitting we don't know something. Let me tell you, that's the, admitting you don't know something is the beginning of the good move forward. And uh, once you know, if boss, my boss tells me something and I get it done, my likelihood of my career is going to go a lot better. And uh, so don't be bashful. Because, by the way, we don't always know. We are always we always think we're all great. We always think we know everything, and we don't. And uh, so <laughs> go ask people around you. They'll tell you. Ask your direct reports. They know what you're not doing very well. <laughs> it's, it's usually, I don't know, in my experience, it, it's kind of funny because usually everybody around you knows. Same way you, you, know, you might know, and you might be very aware for somebody that you work with or somebody that reports to you or somebody that you report to. Uh, but often that communication never seems to happen. Well, it depends what position you're in, too. Yeah. Look, look at Brian Williams. A sure. lot of people do, but they didn't tell him. Yeah. Then next you go, you and the higher you get, and you get become more successful, and all you start to uh, kid yourself. You start to think you're hot stuff, and once you think you're hot stuff, you go down the wrong path, and you think you're bulletproof, and and. Uh, you need somebody to be straightening you out occasionally, and that's why it's good to have a nice, honest wife or a nice, honest boss or somebody who will tell you the truth. This is where people get in trouble. They don't know the truth because what they dream up is not always the truth. This is true. For many this years, I thought I knew everything. So, <laughs> I yeah. still have to resist that urge daily. I'm a, I'm a couple of years younger than you, but uh, I find myself, uh, I don't know, falling into those, those patterns and, yeah, and having sure. to actively resist that. But, you know, so you mentioned, you know, going down the wrong path and you mentioned, you know, knowing what the truth is or, you know, discovering the truth. And I'm curious, um, this is, this is something that's challenging for people about their, about their careers. And a lot of the folks that listen to this show, you know, they really struggle with knowing whether or not they should be putting their all into pursuing different work than what they're currently doing versus sticking it out where they're at and you know what the what is the right path and what you know what is the what is the truth there so i'm curious what advice you have for that or maybe how you did some of that throughout your career well i'd tell you the number one most important thing is if you wake up every morning excited about what you're doing you know, and you want to do it, you know, and, uh, I was lucky. I got fell into a career, which I love my work. I mean, are there hard times? Sure. Nine 11 wasn't fun. Hurricanes are not fun. Recessions are not fun, but on balance, I love my work and I loved what I was doing. I talked to a lot of people every week that are stuck. You got to be careful where you get stuck and don't, you got to make those changes early in your life before you get uh, two kids, a mortgage, a salary that you can't replace. Okay, well, let me break in here really quick then and say that, you know, before you get stuck, or even if you're already stuck, you know, let's make those changes early. And one of the ways that you can do that is our free eight-day course, eight-day email course that helps you figure out what it is that you want to do. And all you have to do in order to make that happen is text HTYC to 38470 and then just follow the text and then we'll 
set you up and enroll you in the course. That's HTYC. Text that over to 38470. People call me and say they want to go to Disney. A guy will call and say, I'm making $100,000. I want to go to Disney and I'm 32 years old. I said, well, forget it. They're not going to hire you. They got a lot of people inside. They're going to promote before they get you. You should have done this when you were 22 because if you want to go to Disney, you're going to have to go up 40,000 and you can't do it because now you're stuck. Be careful where you get stuck. And this is what happens to most people. They get stuck in the wrong town, the wrong marriage, the wrong life. They get stuck in the wrong job. And then it doesn't take too long, 10, 12 years after you graduate from high school or college, you can be stuck if you're not careful. And I tell people today, if I was young, I would not buy a house. I'd rent. I would keep trying until I get to the right job where I love that profession and don't get locked in too early because then there you are. And uh, what are you going to do about it? So you got to love it. If you don't love it, you're going to be miserable. And how can you imagine doing something for 40 or 50 years that you hate? I mean, and that you don't like, you don't feel appreciated. You're not uh, excited. You're not passionate about. And, uh, it's, uh, and it's a hard for a lot of people because a lot, most people lead a good life. You know, they have a good life. They pay the rent and they, Kids eventually get to college, maybe, and they put food on the table, but they could have had a great life. And uh, they settle for good because, hey, you know, it's, it's not as much risk to have a good life as it is to have a great life. You got to take risks, you got to take, take, change jobs, you might have to do different things. Um, you know, I always tell people the only reason people change is either education, they learn there's a better way, or, or uh, really uh, the other reason people change is a crisis. And uh, there's only two reasons we change in life, and uh, hopefully it's not because of crisis. <coughs> so, yeah. So then I see a lot of people not taking your advice. Like, yeah, let's, no let's be clear about that. That's right. Like, yeah, I'll sell more books this way. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> I don't know, job security or author security or it, whatever it you want to call exactly it. exactly what it is, is security security. Yeah. So I think that's what's causing, um, causing people to not make some of those choices to some degree, but I'm curious. So, you know, I, you know, you know a little bit about the show now, but, uh, really the type of people who are listening to this are those that have already started to go down that road where they're starting to get stuck or they already feel stuck. So they've already, They've already made some of those wrong choices. And I, you know, I've been there too. I, you know, part of the reason I do what I do now and part of the reason I have happened to your career is because I've been down that road and, you know, I've been in, been in a job where I wasn't excited to get up uh, in the morning and determined that I was going to change that, but that's not an easy thing. So since there's so many people out there that are flat out not taking that advice and quite frankly, it's really, really difficult, you know, what, what would you advise people do to do just to get started when they're already in that kind of stuck place? Yeah, you know, I think big reasons people get stuck is they have a mortgage. Then they got really stuck in the last few years because you couldn't sell your house and it was underwater. Yeah. So I would say if housing come back, I'd get out of as much debt as I could. I'd work on that first to get unstuck with a lot needing so much money that you're earning. And uh, kids don't care where you live, by the way. They don't care. We moved 11 times. Our son's moved all over the world. He's 
totally normal. He's totally well-adjusted. Kids make friends much quicker than adults do. Don't say I'm not moving because of the children. Children are great. As long as they have a loving family and it's safe and you take good care of your kids, they'll, they'll go. They may be when they're teenagers and you move them, they'll yell at you over the weekend because they're mad, but they'll get over it. In two weeks, they'll have more friends than you do. So I think you just got to get yourself in a position. I don't Maybe you have to go borrow money from your family. I don't know. You've got to get you just got to work on it. You got to figure out. And most things people are stuck is economics. This is why they can't make the move to go try something else, you yeah. know? And, uh, and, uh, and when I got my own career, I had a few problems, but we, I, we didn't have a house till we were in our thirties because we just rented apartments. And when I got fired, it was no big deal. <laughs> and when I quit, it was no big deal. We could just pick up and move. I didn't have to go to all that trouble. And so, uh, you got to get yourself in a position where you can survive for a while to try something new or, and a lot of people don't have that kind of courage. They just can't, can't do it. Or your wife won't go along with it or, and so you end up and you lead a pretty average good life, which there's nothing wrong with that. It's just that the difference between good and great is so big. It's unbelievable. And I, that's how I think about it every day. I mean, like when you have surgery, you want to have a good surgeon or yeah. a great you want to have good children or great children you want to so you know what great feels like you want to have great children you're going to do whatever you have to do right you're going to do whatever you have to do for them and uh, we've got to start thinking about that better and hopefully we can hit kids earlier so that they don't get stuck so often you know maybe some part of us get stuck and and a lot of people are not wired to take risk either some people are just so insecure they just are paralyzed and so some people are not going to be able to do anything but maybe we can give some advice to people about here's some other alternatives or maybe you got to get your wife's got to take a job now when she's not working and she has to work so you can go do your thing and build your career over two or three years and then you know it's not so important uh, what you make in the first few years what's more important is what you're making in those last 10 years so um, a lot of people get too stuck too early with not a lot of income but they think it's enough and it works so you, you got you to just dig down deep. You got to go try to get help. You got to get counseling. You got to ask your father-in-law. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some I mean, of those hard things, right? Yeah, it's hard. It's it's very hard. And uh, I mean, we sold our house in Springfield, Massachusetts, and took a loss. I had to take a check to closing. You know, and that that was another good lesson. I I knew I was only going to be there a couple of years. I don't know why I bought that house. You know, it's because so everybody. Everybody buys a house. You got to be careful about doing what everybody else does. I did that exact same thing. I did that exact same thing. We, I, I literally have a photocopied picture of the two checks um, for a total of $72,000 that we took to closing because yeah. we made that exact same mistake. I, I have them available right here in my, in my studio reminding me never, ever to do that again. But uh, it, That's yeah. true. It, that suck, sucking sound you hear is when you own a oh house and it takes all your money yeah. to, to maintain it. So I don't think people are thinking about it that way, though. But one of the things I just realized listening to you, you know, listening to you tell, I guess, some of those stories and stuff is that what you talked about just a little bit earlier about even the simple, you know, the simple tactic or technique of, you know, defining what, what the biggest problem is that I need to deal with today and then writing it down so it's staring you in the face, like... It really seems like that's a amazing way just to get started with that because you know I, I'm sitting here thinking and you know I'm thinking about it from the lens of, of careers and everything like that. But you're right, you know, so many people do get stuck because of those economic 
uh, you know, economic motivations. And maybe we can give your listeners, uh, you know, on uh, page 28 of my new book, Time Management, there are a few questions. It says, ask yourself these questions. What don't you like about your life? Second question, what don't you like about your health? Third question, what don't you like about your job, your friends, your relatives, or your salary? What is the biggest problem in your personal life? What is the biggest problem in your work life? And the last question is, what are you going to do about it? I love those questions. And I'll tell you, there's one other quote in the beginning that makes people sick almost. This is, if you don't spend a lot of time planning the life you want, you're going to end up spending a lot of time living the life you do not want. So you can think about it from that perspective. So that's a that's an interesting note to start wrapping up here. And I know we're starting to run out of time. Um, I now we've depressed everybody. <laughs> well, you know, I I think there's two ways you can look at it though, Lee, because I think you can. I mean, if the answer to that is depressing, then that means you have to change it, right? And I know people are listening to this podcast because they want the change, regardless of whether you're making the decision to make the change or not. That's a different story. But you have to, you know, using some of those those types of questions, you've got to be able to commit and 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 make that change, even if it's small steps, even if it's just dealing with, you know, one hard thing a day. But I would highly recommend that uh, if you don't have it out there, you know, check out Lee's book, Time Management Magic. And you've got a couple other ones too. You've got uh, Creating Magic as well, um, which I, 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 uh, I apologize. I haven't read that one. But uh, if it's anything like Time Management Magic, then I'm going to guess it's pretty darn good. So, uh, Well, the three books, by the way, are one, Creating Magic is about leadership, how to be a better parent, better leader at work, better in your... <laughs> where you worship wherever in your life, how to be a great leader. And the second one is time man- this time management magic, how to be a better manager, how to keep your life under control. And the third one is the customer rules, which is how to improve service in your business or your organization. And so I tried to cover those three subjects. And, uh, yeah, and uh, so that's why they're a little different. But, uh, you know, you got to do all three if you're going to be successful. Well, Lee, I really appreciate you taking the time, making the time to – Come on, happen to your career. And this has been a fun conversation for me. And I, I only have um, I only, you know, have one other question, and that's where can people connect with you? If they want more Lee, where can they go and and connect yeah. with you? How can they reach out? I'm the most accessible guy in the world. If you go on my website, LeeCockrell.com, it says contacts, and then there's my phone number, my email, my website. And I wanted to mention one other thing. I'm yeah. part, of a, part of an organization called Thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E 15.com, Thrive 15.com. And we've made five, 600 videos on how to be better. They're 15-minute videos, and every five minutes they stop and give you a, a test to see if you've learned it. And at the end, you get points, and you can learn about how to hire, how to fire, how to get a business loan, how to do a franchising. <clears throat> We're going to have 1,200 videos on there. And if anybody wants it, they can get it free for a month. And they put in the promotion code MAGIC at thrive15.com, MAGIC. And it's free for a month. They can look at all the videos they want. And if they like it, they can subscribe to it. If they don't like it, they can forget it. But uh, it's become very popular because this is the way people are going to learn in the future. Uh, video, questions. I think every kid in America will go to school in 15, 20 years because they'll be able to go online, go to college for free. And it may not be as good as being on campus, but it's better than not having the opportunity. And so we got involved in that. And we think this is going to be a big way to teach and to make education 
available. And it's really targeted at entrepreneurs who are trying to figure it. They got a good idea, but they don't know how to do all the technical stuff. So that's what we're doing with that one. And so that's pretty cool. Evaluating your situation regularly and taking action on what requires attention is one way to give visibility to the difficult areas that Lee mentions in this episode. I want to give you four different questions to do exactly that and to know where to address those difficult areas right away. That way you can apply all the stuff that you just learned now. Ask yourself, what don't I like about my life? What don't I like about my health? What don't I like about my, my job or my career? Now ask yourself, what am I going to do about it? When you have those answers to the first three questions. By the way, we have so much more for you next week right here on the Happen to Your Career podcast. We cover a much requested topic from our listeners, our clients, and our students. So if I go like on FlexJobs or LinkedIn or whatever different site and I am looking at openings, if they don't say that they're remote or telecommute or something along those lines, then I don't even look any further. Hmm. I just stop there. That's what I've been trying to figure out for a year is like, what am I stuck on? Like, because for a year I've been struggling with, am I in the wrong role or the wrong company or both? Okay, we'll be covering how to find companies that match your values and what's most important to you. All that and more next week right here on Happen to Your Career. Until then, I am out. Adios.